film. I'm Tom Nolan. And I'm Barbatio. I said that in the perfect, most perfect way. That's not... Did he see it? He did. Yeah. Uh, we should get him on the phone. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make... We'll start the next episode. No, he, he doesn't, he doesn't want to do this episode. Oh, okay. He talked about it. Like, he's just like, you know what? They were talking about Andy, or our third. Yeah. Um, he was just like, you know what? I, I like not being on the podcast. All the time? <laughs> yeah. Mm, all right. Well, he is... Um, you know, he will be missed. And, you know, we'll, we'll check he's, back in with dead. him soon. <laughs> he died. Rest in peace, Andy. Um, he was shot 17 times. No. Oh. Shoot. Not seven, 17 times. Ah, shit. I knew he, he definitely did want to die like that. Um, and he's not dead. Just in case anyone was, like, deeply concerned. Oh, that would be good for our careers, maybe. This podcast. No, no, no. If we could start this. I would, I would, I'd prefer. Concert. I'd prefer Andy does not get shot. No, but we prefer. But it would be nice to have the controversy of people thinking he was dead, and then him being like, "I'm not dead," and then QAnon being like, "He never existed in the first place." Oh, we're gonna watch Sound of Freedom. Yeah. Oh. I'd prefer he finds a chick and fucks her, and then done. Jim Caviezel. No, Andy. Andy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do think Jim Caviezel could could use could use some of that though. I, I prefer Jim Caviezel just stays. You know. I would prefer this movie was not making any money. Sound of Freedom. Yeah. That'd be great. That, I mean, oh, it's making it oh, dishonestly, but take, like whatever. Hot take. I think about this. My uh, my parents, my mom said like you should watch Nefarious, and I was like, I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. What's Nefarious? Nefarious is that movie with, like Glenn Beck. Is he an actor, or is it like a documentary? No, it's he's an actor. Oh, yeah. cool! It's uh, Nefarious is like that movie where it's just like, I don't know, just like one of the dudes is like a demon. I guess I'm never gonna watch the movie. Is he a, like a liberal? Is that a metaphor? Yeah, it's himself. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we should watch that. No, <laughs> we should watch. You know what we should do? We should watch Nefarious and we'll watch Sound of Freedom and we'll watch a Dinesh D'Souza documentary with. Yeah. Who's dead? <laughs> Unless Q tells us differently. Um, but speaking of which, we're talking about uh, a QAnon movie, basically. Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. Wes Anderson. It is Asteroid City. What do those pulses indicate? What? Oh, the beeps and blips? We don't know. Some of our information about outer space may no longer be completely accurate. Anyway, there's still only nine planets in the solar system as far as we know, Billy. Except now there's an alien. What's happening now? I don't know. I don't like the way that guy looked at us. The alien. How did he, how did he look? Like we're doomed. Maybe we are. I've just informed the president. How long can they keep us in Asteroid City legally? The world will never be the same. That's an alien doing jumpy jacks. That's an alien in a top hat. What's out there? The meaning of life. Maybe there is one. Are you married? I'm a widower. But don't tell my kids. You're saying her mother died three weeks ago. Let's say she's in heaven. Which doesn't exist for me, of course, but you're Episcopalian. In my loneliness, I learned to give complete and unquestioning faith to the people I love. I don't know if that includes you, but it included my daughter and your four children. Sometimes I think I feel more at home outside the Earth's atmosphere. Oh, wow. Me too. They're strange, aren't they? They're children. Compared to normal people. Yes, that's correct. It's true. Mm -hmm. Freight train, freight train, going so fast. Freight train, freight train. Going so fast, I don't 
I do a nude scene. You want to see it? Huh? Did I say yes? You didn't say anything. Uh, I meant yes. My mouth, my mouth didn't speak. City is basically a movie about a play. A play, yeah. Uh, um, it's a, it's a Jason. Uh, I want to say Jason Sudeikis. Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. Um, basically, is a guy who's in love with somebody, and uh, all right, no, I got, it. I got. It. Let's just go to Wikipedia. Set in a retro futuristic version of the 1950s. Is it retro futuristic? Like I've read that. That's not. That's know. not true. It just no, seems retro. That's, that's the whole retro, at, like retro sci-fi was just off. what it was. That's, what that's it was. not true. So basically, it's 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 Jason Schwartzman is a guy, is an actor who is in love with Edward Norton. Edward Norton's dead now, and they've made a play about Asteroid City. Uh, Asteroid City is just well, Edward a, Norton's character wrote that play. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, Asteroid City is a play. It's like a, a coming of age sort of nonsense play just about about a, a dad whose wife played by Jason Schwartzman whose wife dies and yeah. he's got three kids and one of those kids is in a science one like a science competition and they're doing the judging at this place in New Mexico I think is it? I think so. Yeah. Um, called Asteroid City where like an asteroid hit a long time ago and there's uh, four other kids uh, that are there, and you know, along with their you get, parents, so, you get Sophia, Sophia Lillis. Lillis. Although um, I'm, I'm a little worried about Sophia Lillis because she's taking like she's she's, she's taking she's fine, but she's the she's the fourth out of the five kids, and Sophia Lillis is not supposed that was not, like, not her career trajectory. I mean, I know she's just happy to be working with Wes Anderson and, and like making these movies, but like she also seemed deeply unhappy in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, she she seemed like bored, and. Well, that's and the thing about this movie. This movie seems like it's it's a, just a bunch of bored people doing a movie. Hmm. I like this movie. Yeah, I think a it's, lot. I hate it <laughs> a yeah. lot. Yeah, I don't necessarily know, but I hate it in like in, in like an interesting way. Like I hate it like in the sense of I don't know, just a bit dull. I um. I was very excited to review this movie. To to go to, um, and this is not to like pick a fight or anything like that. But when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about like oh, your BlackBerry sure, review, sure. yeah, 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 um, and how you were just kind of like, you know, at the end of that, you were just like, I can't say why, but it just hit right. BlackBerry is now my number two too. And that, and this, this, this isn't my number. You know, this isn't like kind of crossing anybody off my list, um, but it it. It's kind of, I thought about this a lot. It's, it worked for me in a way that a Wes Anderson movie hasn't worked in a long time. And I think the reason is, and so people have been pushing back a little bit against the, um, the framing device of like the, the, the TV show, docu- like the movie inside of like a TV like show the, documentary. The, the, Brian, um, the Brian Cranston stuff. stuff yeah. And like, why does he need to do this framing device? I think the framing device worked for me because it prevented this movie from feeling like a part of... It prevented me from having to take Wes Anderson's word for it that this is part of the real world somehow. So, like, Grand Budapest Hotel, Moonrise Kingdom, 
Um, what was in between? There was there a movie in between there? No. Um, uh, no. No, maybe there's not. Um, Darjeeling Limited. My Darjeeling Limited is in between those two movies, but is it? Yeah. Is it Moonrise Darjeeling? I thought it was Darjeeling no, it's, Moonrise, it's and then Darjeeling Moonrise Limited, and then Grand um, Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Um, it prevented me from having to like, so, from to feel like it was part of the real world. So like, I thought about like, you know, Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums, where like, it's he's presenting like a he's presenting what we're the audience is supposed to understand is like a very not an elite but like specific segment of you know academia in Rushmore in of New York City in uh Royal Tenenbaums where you're yeah. just like that's that could be there why not there's that sure fine and then everything else after that in between that stuff was just kind of like this is this is this is the real world and I'm presenting this like this is what my vision of the real world looks like and I've always just kind of been like no thanks yeah and well, then this because of the framing device it was all just it actually it kind of stripped away me having to care about like trying everything. to get the trying to place the aesthetic and I was just like oh the aesthetic is is um, is artificial and so the things that are happening in it I can just kind of like enjoy them. Yeah. And I did. So that's my issue with this movie is um, I love this movie until like the second act, I guess, like where it starts the act where, um, you know, you start getting um, the reason why they're doing Asteroid City. Mm, like mm, just, mm. just let's movie be Jason Schwartzman making a movie, not like make this movie about like why, Trying to have a message like, about... Like, don't make this Edward Norton's dead and, like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Because like, it has that scene where Ed, uh, where Schwartzman's talking to uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah. And... Um, I did not like that scene. He's, he's trying to figure it out. And, like, I don't give a shit. But, like, when this movie's not trying to give a shit, like, when it's just being goofy and silly, and, like, I would say fucking... I, you probably disagree with this, but I, I would say Tom Hanks kills... This movie, like, um, Tom Hanks knows I don't disagree. exactly like what this movie's supposed to be. It took a while for me to for me to be comfortable with Tom Hanks in this in this world. Yeah, but like he knows what he's doing. I think it, by the end, I, by the end, I was okay with it. No, but by, like by when the alien came, I was, I was, I was okay with it. Well, because he did that right. Like I said, I was talking to uh, like I watched it with Andy, yep. and like. Um, you get that scene with um, Jeff Goldblum where he plays the alien yeah, yeah, for yeah. like no reason whatsoever. And it's perfect. But this movie aggressively justifies itself, I guess. And like if it didn't do that, it would be perfect. It is there- The second it starts trying to justify itself, I... It loses me. It's weird because there's a couple. I I um I agree with you, but I also think that this movie, because of its, because I think Wes Anderson has become, or revealed himself to be not flawed, but like he's not like he's not a master. He's not a master filmmaker. He's a master image maker. But I don't know that he's like nailed like like the whole thing. Like as many times well, as people tend to think you know, that he the has. Thing, the thing I the thing I kind of realized with this movie is. He does not know how to do sex yet. He wants to. Well, so, but that's the thing. So, but I, like, he 
desperately wants to like know how to do sex. So, but it's interesting though because I think like so. Am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. But I think this movie he doesn't know how to do he doesn't know how to do lust yet. Yeah, it's no, very for sure. it's very awkward. Well, no, maybe, I, he's, I, maybe you could make the argument that like oh, so I talked about this. I talked about this with Andy. Yeah, like me and Andy watched this movie, and um, we're just like, what the fuck are we watching? Like, it's a dude who's trying to, like, make sex a thing. Because, like, this entire movie is trying to be sexy, I guess. Well, so I would, I'm going to, I'm not going to push back in, in like, a real way. Maybe I just not think, sexy, but it's trying to be something. I think something. I know what you mean. I think it's a movie that is, it's got this Scarlett Johansson character, and so there's, like, you know, if you go on Common Sense Media... They make this big deal about how there's... Well, we do. We look at it just to get like a general sense of what they're talking about. But we made the decision again, so this will come back later when I kind of like round out. Um, but he chose he chose like a woman who looks like Scarlett Johansson naked. Sure. But the nudity... So we brought, what I'm going to say is that we brought the kids to see this. And they loved it. And that definitely plays a role in like me, like how I feel about it. Was that like... They, it's like the reflected glow of them yeah. getting it. Um, and they were like, we saw it in a full theater and they were like the youngest people in there by like 20 years. Um, and I'm not saying that like my kids are super special or anything like that, but like the fact but that they, they but the fact that they got it, they were laughing at all the stuff, like even laughing at stuff that other people weren't laughing at. They got their own jokes out of it, which I, yeah. which I think is how the Wes Anderson thing comes about you know what I mean where like you yeah, think yeah. that something is funny that like no one else even sees um, that the nudity in it is very specific to that the Scarlett Johansson character so it's not even about like it's not it doesn't seem like it's anything to do with sex it seems like he just wanted to show somebody naked and then needed to justify it like narratively like with but and I think he did it well, but it also was wholly unnecessary, but like, well, the thing I found like the thing I find interesting about that is he chose like it's clearly a body double, but he chose somebody who looks like Scarlett Johansson. But my question is, naked. why wasn't if if Edward Norton's character is gay and is in love with Jason Schwartzman's actor character, and Jason Schwartzman's performance is or the character that he wrote. For Jason Schwartzman's actor character, according to this movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, is like kind of about that, like that yeah. desire, that like not unrequited desire, but that kind of like, you know, um, like taboo desire. Why isn't Scarlett Johansson's character just a man? Like, why can't why, like why can't he no, be I struggling agree. Uh, with why is it, why is it Scarlett Johansson's character and not even to just, be like um, ultra woke about it, but like if he's if it's about why isn't she, that. Why isn't she just Leo Schreiber's character? Right. If it's about that, why not just make it about that? And that's what I think one of the interesting things about this movie is that it has this kind of duality to it where there's the scene with Margot Robbie, I think, does not work. The scene with Adrian Brody and Jason Schwartzman, I think, works fucking amazingly. But again, I'm not 100% sure why it works. It just seems like they're having a deeply emotional conversation. yeah. yeah about something that I'm not 100% sure I understand. And that's why... It, but because it's got this framing device in it, I'm not sure I need to understand it to understand well, the movie. I, I think that's my problem with this movie. Is like There's so many framing devices that don't feel like they should be there. 
Mm. Like it feels aggressively overthought. Why is the Willem Dafoe acting school thing in there? That shit sucks. I don't get it. Yeah. It has like one joke in it. And then it has the end part, and then that's it. Well, that's the thing I was talking about with Andy, is um, like this entire movie is just like a joke, but like it's a joke that doesn't ever land. But again, as someone who's been like struggling with Wes Anderson, I appreciated the fact that like this artifice is a joke. And so like, you know, that one kid that made the laser gun, like... Um, the, or is, that, um, is that Leo? No, it's, it's Leo Schreiber's laser gun. The kid gun, that made yeah. the, um, the uh, jetpack. Yeah. Um, him kind of fighting this like resistance thing against like the government is fucking hilarious. All that stuff, all that stuff really works. But yeah, the, the entire shit with um, Bill Swinton is, is great. <laughs> and it's so subtle because she usually is playing a non-subtle Wes Anderson character. Yeah, she plays aggressively somebody who's just like done with everything. Right. And it's perfect. But it's also like, again, the script is weirdly good because she has that one conversation with, uh, um, with Jason Schwartzman's son about. She also has it with um, what's his name? Uh, not Jeremy Strong. Um, black guy. Um, look it up, but we're not gonna look it up. Fucking name. <laughs> Oh, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, yes. she has that conversation with Jeffrey Wright, too. That was, like, perfect as well. And Jeffrey well, he, Wright's He delivers amazing. an amazing... There's the thing. There's a bunch of really amazing scenes. That speech is amazing. The alien scene is perfect. The alien scene is, like, unmatched in, like, like Wes Anderson's goofiest... If you, like, break everything down by, like... Oh, no, the that alien scene. Alien scene's fucking... Perfect. Perfect. You know yeah. who is an actor that I hate, Mario? Like Goldblum? No. Although he's not like my favorite. And I'm like obsessed with him. I hate Steve Carell in everything. Steve Carell's fucking fantastic. He's so good. He like understood his character like perfectly and played him perfectly. And Wes Anderson utilized him perfectly. And it's, this movie is like so anachronistic, but it, it, like what's with the, what's with the, the gun chase? You know, what's with like the Matt Dillon thing? I mean, even though that's funny, like them Matt Dillon being the garage and like this is the I third mean, the, thing that we don't understand. Chase, the gun chase loses the humor the first time it goes through. Like, well, yeah, you're like, what was that? And then it does it again. And you're like, what is uh, this like, happening? Or yeah. what is you know what is happening here? Um, you know, there's so many great West. An- Actually, probably some of the best Wes Anderson like tableaus are in this movie. Oh, agreed. Um, yeah. But. I think the thing that I struggle with still, you know, in a movie that I liked is what's it for? Like, what are we, what are we trying to do? I didn't ask these questions in Rushmore and I didn't ask, I definitely didn't ask these questions in Royal Tenenbaums because I knew well, that's specifically the, what the I, point I guess of those that, movies I guess that's was. the thing I, I loved about this movie is like, so Andy loved this movie. Like, yeah, he didn't love it, but like knew it was just a thing. And, um, Watching this movie, like, like the reference of like, oh, playing something, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean anything. Like, sure, and that's what it works. Is like one is just is being so goofy yes, and loose yeah. because then at the end of the movie, it's just like 
we are going to yell at you about something, and you're not going to understand why. Yeah. Because we're not going to give you any context as to really understand I mean, the worst what part, is happening here. The worst part of this movie is the fact that like it gives um, Margot Robbie a, a character. Like, be I'm, something. I'm not sure. She just wanted to be in the movie, do you think? I, I and figure. so he wrote something for her? I figure. I, fi- I figure the way this... Like, the way that he works is just everyone loves working for what, Anderson, so... But and that's a th- the problem with, I think, this whole thing is that there is people... Wes Anderson has... Apparently, and he's got a lot of them. He's got a lot of... In this movie, he has a lot of good characters. And they're, they are fictitious in, like, the context of the, the color aspect of the yeah. movie. And so they're free to be goofy and cliche... But like, or satirical. But it's like too much. But it's but sometimes it's but sometimes it's too much. But sometimes it's sometimes it's perfect, and sometimes he nails it. And then, but then there's there's like one to two to three too many characters in like in in aspects of this movie. You're just yeah. like, I'm not sure why you're here. That's I think the thing that I makes me sad about the Sophia Lillis thing is that like she doesn't really have a thing. So like the first three kids have a thing. You know, Jason Schwartzman's daughter, uh, son has a thing. Scarlett Johansson's daughter has a thing. And then um, Stephen Chow's son has a thing. Stephen, what's his name? Stephen Park. Stephen Park. I don't know yeah. where Stephen Chow came from. Stephen Park's son has a thing. Um, even, like, the Maya Hawk stuff with, like, the teacher and that kid that, like, they ask all the same questions and that kid sings the song and then that guy comes in and, like, that's a really is the Mon- Montana guy. that stuff yeah. works and I, again I can't say necessarily how it works which it just I does, perceive yeah. as like a flaw the fact that I can't tie it to anything it just is pleasurable and this movie is full of all these little pleasures but doesn't ever coalesce ultimately into something that means anything more than like it doesn't ever become a, the sum of its pleasures it's just no, a series yeah. of pleasures um but again, I went into it with zero expectations. I actively did not want to see this movie, but my wife likes Wes Anderson, and we were just like, it's one like it's one scene of nudity, like fuck it. We'll just like it's tell cute. the kid to close their eyes and like I, if they I, want I, to. I appreciate it's cute. Yeah. It's it's very cute. Um even like the scene of nudity. It's just like is but the scene of nudity is the thing that's really it's heavy. Yeah. And again, I'm only talking... I would If I didn't bring my kids, I wouldn't be talking about it at all because I wouldn't have cared. But it is heavy because in the context of the movie, she is really just asking him, do you want to see it? She's, he, she is not asking him. She is asking... She wants him to say yes because she wants to do this scene. She wants to bear yeah. herself. So in what, that regard, it's very obvious. But it is... For a character who shows no emotion through the whole movie, like, the one time she shows emotion is that. Like, this one action. Yeah, yeah. And she's very, in like, it's it's an expression of vulnerability, and so it's not gratuitous. It's just, like, it's just me, there. her being vulnerable. Like, it's the one, like, the, it switches from, like, this, you know, this very Wes Anderson symmetrical, like, in the window perspective to, like, in a mirror, like, so clearly she's looking at herself. It's not for him. It's for her. I don't even know if he could see it. But, like, the character, anyway. Um, yeah. So it's it has, like, a depth to it. To what? Like, where... It's got this depth. Like, where are you digging? Like, what are you after? I'm not sure... I'm... Well, you... That's what I love about it. It's just, like, it's, it's for her. It's just for her. 
none, none of it matters besides that. Right, but it does make the movie feel like... Lived in. Di- but it also makes it feel a little disjointed. Yeah. It makes it feel a little like... Like, it's not doesn't fit. It's not fitting together all the way. But maybe I'm wrong, and it fits together perfectly. I don't know. But then Willem Dafoe is in here, and he's just yelling at students to feel things. And then they become, again, they all fall asleep, and then that's funny. But, like, why? Yeah, that shit just does not work. And it just does. It ends up being, like, a whatever sort of scenario. It's a puzzler, but an enjoyable puzzler, and yeah. one that I definitely was not expecting on liking. No, for sure. Curious, very curious. Benjamin Button. We're gonna review that next. Curious, curious case of Benjamin Button. Imagine if we just started reviewing movies that we like are indifferent to or didn't Eight, like. Yeah. Like I saw this movie in the theaters, and I wanted to cut my own head off the entire time. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm happy Taraji P. Henson has been able to maintain was somewhat she of a career. She got nominated for Supporting Actress, yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus. She was great in it, but she's, like, with the one thing that, like, again, and actually this has carried over her whole career where she seems like the one person in everything that she's in that seems like she actually gets what she's doing. What she where, tries, yeah. And where, like, Brad Pitt's just being like, I'm just doing my Meet Joe Black character, but aging in reverse at the same time. And Kate Blanchett's like, I'm going to do everything. And it's just like, this David Fincher. It's too much. Back it up. Back it up. In 20 years, you're going to make another one of these movies called Mank. And that's not going to work for me either. Yeah, that movie did not work at all. Oh my God, remember Mank? I try not to. The problem with Mank is that like there's a certain segment of like the movie watching like the cinephilia population that thinks Mank is great. Well, the nice thing is like I drink and <laughs> I drink and like you know there's like random movies that are not Mank. Yeah, there's, can, there's tons of movies that I could rewatch when I'm whenever I'm like should I watch Mank or, or should I, I watch just, anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I just rewatch something free on Tubi? Yeah. No, that free Tubi thing looks pretty good. <laughs> Rewatch Porch of Olivia on Fire. Oh, brother. Porch I'll just do that. Yeah. Should I have a 20 minute conversation with a with a 17 year old about how good nine days is? And like, do you have conversations with 17 year olds? Yeah, with the kid at work. And uh, that's rough. She seemed interested for a little bit. And then I just like kept going. And then she was like, cool. That sounds <laughs> good. Just gave up. I was like, no, you don't understand. Nine days, it's right over there. We have it on DVD. Just watch it. She's like, uh, I don't think I have a DVD player. It's like streaming. It's streaming everywhere. I, have, I own it. I'll send you my password. Just watch it. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go away. I'm very glad to be single. <laughs> For now. <laughs> because you don't have to tell people to watch Portrait of the Lady on Fire? No. And then have them be like, meh, it's okay. No. And then have you be like, you don't understand! You worked out for my aggressiveness. Yeah. If you like aggressiveness, you can tweet us at Film Pivotal. No, go to Threads. Our Threads, yeah. Whatever we're gonna have, we're gonna set up a Threads. Hopefully, no one got there ahead of us. Tom Hanks is probably there. There. So yeah, there's like a company that makes some kind of technology called Pivotal Film. Is that Threads? No. It's just we. 
No one has offered us anything, but we do own that domain name. And so they had to compromise well, their domain name. So maybe they're on we threats. Will, we will own that shit. Yeah, we'll get, get that first. Get fucked whoever you are. Yeah. Technology company called the same thing that our podcast is called. <laughs> if you don't want to tweet us on threads, you can... What do you call it on threads? If you don't want to tie us? You can thread us? Cut us? Thread us? Thread us? Thread us? Thread us. Yeah. Thread, thread, us. Hmm. thread the needle. At just, just, a, just a hot... Damn it right in our butt. How many people are you going to run threads? 50? Probably 50. It's probably worth our while then. Mm. 51. 51. Pivotal film. Mm. Big time. We're pushing the boundaries of threads. We're pushing it back into the eye of our... Threading. Threading. Whatever. You can fuck us on threads. <laughs> or you can fuck us elsewhere. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>